If you do everything that's in this book and follow all the instructions in this, you will not make the top 10. It's actually almost worth all the points. Yeah. That's really a client specification. The client is the judges. Yeah. All the judges know project management. They want to know you know how to apply it. Hello and welcome to Off The Track. Uh, today we're going to be doing an episode on project management and uh, joining us in the studio today we've got Peter. Hello. And Matt. Hey. Um, from Infinitude and Constellation, respectively. And uh, a very special guest today joining us virtually is David Powell Freeman. Hi, everyone. And uh, David, do you want to just give us a quick intro for anyone who may have not heard of you for some reason? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I've been um, F1 in schools judge for oh, many, many years now. So I've done several world finals, um, mainly in enterprise and project management. I'm also a member of the Project Management Institute and certified as a project manager in a number of different uh, disciplines and also been on the board of the Project Management Institute in Melbourne. So you are our, our guy when it comes to project management. And that's what I do for um, a living as well. I'm a project manager. Yeah. Well, I suppose a great, great person to talk about this. Um, I think we'll start off where I suppose all teams should with, um, I suppose, what are the first steps when you're preparing for a world finals in project management, where do you start? First thing to do, download, print up a copy of the guide. It's on the, on the rules and regulations page for F1 in schools. Yep. The F1 in schools project management guide for 2022-2023. Read this and study this. That was definitely my first step. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. But, and there's a big but, if you do everything that's in this book and follow all the instructions in this, you will not make the top 10. Because every other competitor should hopefully have this book and read it mm -hmm. and studied it. So you really need to think about it. Now, I can think of some great examples of teams in the past, especially Evolve Australia. They had PMBOK guides. They had this book, which is the body of knowledge, and they studied it. They really understood this book. They also had borrowed this book because I lent it to them, the big book of project management. They understood this intensely. What they didn't do, though, is apply it properly. So they spent a lot of time in their projects, in their portfolio, talking about the theory of project management, not applying it. That is what's going to get you the points. You really need to show that all the judges know project management. They want to know you know how to apply it and apply it to your project. And the key thing is you need to apply it from the start because... Again, teams get to the end of their project and go, oh, we should write our project management portfolio. Let's do a Gantt chart. Let's do all our project management stuff. And it's really obvious when they've done all that right at the end of the project. Mm -hmm. And the teams mm -hmm. that have managed it properly and done it right from the start, and I've got all the evidence to back that up, they're the ones we know, ah, they've actually project managed it. They've not just ticked the boxes and tried to make it look like they have. Absolutely. So, so the first thing you need to do is get the F1 in schools guide and then study the PM box and I suppose make a plan. Yep. Is that yep, absolutely. the first step? Make a plan yeah. and make sure you document it and make sure you've got your processes in place and make sure you're thinking about that scorecard. So that scorecard is your guiding principle. How are you going to demonstrate to those judges each of those things for initiating, planning, executing, monitoring, controlling? How are you going to make sure you're smashing out the ballpark on every single one of those criteria? And you're doing that right from the start. So you know, initiation, make sure you've got that all documented, you've got your project's charter documented. You've got that, you know, right from the very start. And talk about evidence, you know, there's one of the clear criteria in there is 
clear evidence for project schedule. Now, what we're looking for that is not something you've done at the end, but something you've started at the beginning. There's been some changes. There's been some adjustments. So you've got a baseline that you did initially, and then how you've moved it as you've gone through the project. They're the sort of things we're mm-hmm. looking for. Because project management isn't just ensuring that you stay on the the one track, the one schedule, and everything goes to that schedule. I suppose that may be the ideal um, way that a project happens. But project management, I suppose, is about managing issues as they come up and managing those risks. And Absolutely. in a, a true what what the judges are looking for, I suppose, in an interview or a portfolio is both the understanding of, well, we, we did this because this was the process we'd set out at the start to manage this risk. Yeah. But that organic nature of chopping and changing things based on a plan. Yeah. Are we Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing that, you know, especially when you talk about risk, a lot of teams don't understand the difference between a risk and an issue. So mm. the way I explain it to them is um, if you can smell it, it's a risk. If you've trodden in it, it's an issue. So yeah. as, as you go through the project, you will find risks. Basically, you're looking to you know, identify your risks, identify the likelihood of the risk, the impact of that risk, how you can mitigate it, and then what the residual risk is. Now, as you get towards the end of the project, your risks should get less and less because those things have either eventuated or they've not, or you've mitigated them. So you need to talk mm-hmm. about how risks change over time as well. And so how accurate uh, do you want your like risk kind of your risk assessment and stuff so, so, when you're setting it up? So what I'm looking for uh, when I'm judging it is to really make sure people understand what risks are first of all, because sometimes, especially at state level, you get people talk about risks of injury, and they have a whole mm. section on you know the dangers of using power tools and cutting themselves and things, and there's no risks about the missing deadlines about um, car breakages, all that sort of thing. So what I'm looking for is a um, categorization of risks. So all the different sorts of risks you could have in terms of all, you know, just think about in terms of, um, and this is an exhaustive list, but schedule risk, um, design risk. So you could take some risks in terms of your decision, in terms of your design decisions about a, a, a completely new radical design. That's actually a risk. You need to kind of think about that. This is a risk worth taking or do you want to use the car that you used in the previous worlds and just adapt that slightly because you know it works, you know it was fast. Those sort of risks. You want to talk about risks of, say, cars failing or risks of team members being hurt and categorize them all and break them all down. So I have categories of risk and in those risks, subcategories. Now, all teams always have a risk matrix of likelihood versus um, impact. But what I really want to see is how that's changed over time. And I want to see how you've mitigated those risks. So what you so once you've identified the risk, categorize them, and then how you how you're mitigating those those high risks. Now some of the risks will be low risk, and some of the risks will be high risk but with minimal impact. So you don't need to worry about those. So it's really about how you're managing your risk throughout it, and also talk about how you've done that through the project and how those have changed. And so when you come to the end of it, you're 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 at the competition, and the the you're seeing these students in the interviews um is it's clear to you i suppose who those who have the the clear understanding of the risks and those that maybe have gotten it but not applied it correctly yeah um and those who've done it at the end and, and if, uh, there's uh, we get two sorts we get some people who like i say have read these books and know them like they probably know them better than mm. i do but they've just spent so much time reading it and understanding it they've not applied it 
So there's lots yeah. of theory in their portfolio, which is great, great theory, but we want to see it applied. Yeah. We want to see it unique to their project, how you've applied risk management, how you've applied um, all these things to your, to your particular project, and talk about and the would, real issues that you've faced. Yeah. So is it talking about those issues, is that how best you think, I suppose, they could show the application of that theory and that they know the theory? Yeah, they, they need to applying. talk about, you know, actually give examples, show their risk management, show, show their risk management plan, and more importantly, how they've applied it. Okay. So it's really, it's really the application that's key. It's the application that's going to get you the marks. And, um, I mean, Matt, in Constellation, yeah. um, how are you guys finding applying project management? Um, so we're, we're chugging through it is mm. probably the best way to put it. Yeah. Um, we sat down at the start as a team. We looked at all of the initial elements that we had to do, the sort of longer term stuff mm -hmm. we had to set up. Uh, and we did all that as like in a chunk, we set up all the longer term stuff, the status reports, uh, that sort of stuff. Um, and we also made as a team all the like the project charter mm. uh all that initial stuff threw that all together they're all stored updated looked at and that's um using like to-do lists and reminders to remind yeah. us to look at them update them okay. if they need to right and so i suppose we've spoke, spoken to you before david <laughs> about the the enterprise portfolios that was one of the episodes you did with us previously yeah. and your recommendation was a page um, or, or structure the portfolio to flow with the criteria. Um, does a similar thing apply in project management? Yeah, absolutely. And, and really make yeah. sure, make it really easy for the judges. Yeah. Make it as easy as possible. So, you know, for initiation process, make sure you've clearly documented how you've done that and mm -hmm. applied it. For project schedule, make sure, you know, you've got a Gantt chart in there, that you've got um, a baseline in there, and you've got a baseline and actual, and what the variance is and how you manage that variance and why there were variances what the dependencies were, why those dependencies were there, if things shifted, how you, and how you managed it. So, so what I don't want to see is a project, beautiful Gantt chart that's been done at the end of the project. Yeah. I want to see a Gantt chart you did at the start of the project and what the actual reality was. Right. So you, you want essentially maybe two Gantt charts or a Gantt chart. That a Gantt chart. Show I want a Gantt chart that's got the actual and reality. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In the same thing. Because that's really yeah. then easy to compare. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And so you've spoken about how teams are doing it all at the end, and, and that's pretty clear to you. And then there's others on the other end of the spectrum, I suppose, that know the theory, but haven't, I suppose, practiced what they're preaching. Well, they have, but they just um, haven't documented. And this this is one of the, uh, the big problems that, you know, the portfolio, you're stri restricted on the amount of, mm. as you guys well know, on the, on the amount of space you've got and the number of pages you've got. And it's a real yeah. challenge to actually mm. show that you understand the theory and apply it. Yeah. And that's what's really, really challenging about F1 in schools, to actually get, show you understand the theory and apply it on one page or on whatever IM pages you've got. Mm. And not do it at 3.5 where, where we can't read it. Is that where they usually fall short? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, I mean, saying that, so, I just, just, just want to be clear. Yeah. As a project manager, some of the portfolios I see in F1 in schools are unbelievably high standard. Like they are, you know, I've said this before about some enterprise portfolios, they're consulting standard. Mm. Like there's, there's people in F1 in schools that are a lot more about project management than a lot of people in the industry. And I think the last time you said that um, 
some of the portfolios that you've seen from F1 in school students are better than what your master's students oh, are yes. producing? Yes, I'd, I yeah. wish sometimes I could take a portfolio and show it to some of my master's students. Yeah. And um, when it comes to project managers themselves, you said they need to be applying and documenting it. Uh, the advice with the enterprise portfolio is that it's written over the course of the project. Yeah. Um, firstly, does that apply with your project management? Yeah, absolutely. Portfolio? I mean, another one that often people get hung, especially with enterprise, is the you know, budget and resource management. But people don't focus on the right things. So they don't have a um, budget finance rules. They don't have a cash flow model. Um, they don't have contingency, clearly documenting how they've used it. You know, again, they do it at the end of the project, they sum it all up and it mm. all looks pretty. We don't want to see that. We actually want to see what you originally started with. So at the start of the project, take a guess yeah. at what you think your project's going to be, what your resource management's going to be, and then see what the actuals are. Mm. So we can actually see how you've managed it. And also, you know, cash flow, show how your cash flow's changed over time. So, you know, at the start of the project, you won't have any, you might not have any funding. Yeah, and then you might get some sponsorship and it might be some bills. So just showing how that how you manage that, and just be honest and transparent. And, yeah, if you've had to borrow yeah. money from your parents or from the school, say that. Don't lie to us. Yeah. And when it comes down to the practical application, do you have any, I suppose, software or or strategies maybe for using different types of software to keep up with? You know, well we've assess these risks, you know, we need to document this. Um, is that is the way that you think would be appropriate for everyone in schools? There's, there's lots of different software you can use. So for example, Gantt Chart, there's Microsoft Project, which mm -hmm. to be honest, doesn't work that well for F1 in schools because it doesn't print that well. Yeah. Um, it, it can look a bit messy when you, when you try to print out Microsoft Project's charts or screenshot yeah. them. Um, I've seen people do it in Excel, which is sort of work. PowerPoints work really well, but you know you want to have that detail as well. Yeah. So that that can be that's quite a that's a that's a bit of a challenge. Mm -hmm. um, Trello boards are good, so just showing how you've managed things mm. in an agile fashion, how you've done. You know, um, these are all things we're working on. Um, talk about how you've run things, you know, your, your daily stand-ups, things like that, how they've been structured. Um, but that's really good to talk about that sort of thing, especially around roles and responsibilities. How you've actually managed your team on a day-to-day -day basis and what processes mm. you put in place for that. Yeah. So just following on from that, um, what Constellation is currently using, uh, which I would suggest teams use if they if their school has it, is Microsoft Teams. Yep. Because we've found that all the different subgroups, you can set to-do lists, you can mm. assign tasks to people, um, integrate things. It's really helpful. And it's got integrated Trello type yeah exactly as well mm. yeah and that's what we use in industry as well so teams is a really good tool to to use yeah. and and yeah. people like me will understand teams go great yeah amazing we're talking about discord people like me go what was that <laughs> yeah and you know back when i did f1 in schools discord wasn't around or if it was it was not well known at all it was no. very early stages and even infinitude we didn't use discord because no. um, it was so new, but I think that's also um, a valuable way to to collaborate because it is a bit more, I suppose, multi-platform and user-friendly than yeah. Microsoft Teams is. Um, on so on Discord and those type of tools that you know judges might not use typically in the industry. 
do you need to ex- do teams need to explain no. what it is a bit more? No. Or? I am partly joking, but yeah, we we do know what Discord is, but yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> but they'll certainly all know what Teams is, and certainly all know what Microsoft Project is. Yeah, um, and the the other big one that comes up is around stakeholder management and stakeholder comms. There's especially mm. at state level and sometimes national level, people don't understand what stakeholders are. Yeah, you know, they they think and it's just their teachers or their mentors or their sponsors. We mm. often just get whole pages about you know. Our stakeholder management plan is all focused around the sponsors. And it's like, do you think a judge stakeholder? No, 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 no. It's like, well, it's not good. We might be your key stakeholder because we're the one that's actually oh, going to yeah. judge you. That that amazes me that some students have that perspective because I was speaking on another recording about how when you when you look at F one in schools as a competition and you look at the 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 criteria and the rules that's really a client specification and the client is the judges yeah. you know um and the the sponsors and your teachers are all obviously stakeholders but they 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 support you to deliver that project to the client um and so yeah i suppose that's one way teams fall down um i mean we we so i got a great example before i forget we we were at worlds yeah. and uh, one of the teams had actually some drink bottles, not quite as nice as the off-the-track drink <laughs> bottles. No, we're actually nowhere near as good as he. We had some nice drink bottles, and we were sort of thinking, oh, I wonder if we get some of those. And one of the judges said, oh, they're nice drink bottles. Yeah, they're for our, st- they're for our stakeholders. And we're like, we're the pit judges. And they didn't give us one, and we're like, fair oh. enough, all right, whatever. And so did you take points off of them, David? No, we didn't. No, we, th- we didn't. <laughs> But we thought that would be a bit a bit harsh and cruel. Yeah. Um, speaking I'm not, I'm of not taking... the dream crusher. It's, it... <laughs> <laughs> speaking of taking points um, away, I suppose, or, or giving points um, to certain areas, it was very close, um, I suppose, in the in the top project management uh, last year, um, at least from what we've seen. How did the the teams that were in that top? You know, four point bracket on the card. How did they differentiate themselves? What what really made you go wow? The the thing with the teams is what we're doing is we're looking at the scoring criteria first of all. Mm. So we're looking at that rubric and go, this is the criteria, and then what we do, we'll get the the top ten teams and lay their portfolios out and look at it and go, on this criteria, how do these teams compare? And then we'll all sort of, well, is this team better than this one? And we'll sort of shuffle them all around and only then when all the judges are agreed on the the order will we actually say well are these two equal or are they different and that's kind of how how we do it but sometimes it's really hard it, it can be really hard to differentiate between those top teams um certainly at nationals it's um it, it was very hard as well this year in the australian national some of the teams were, were, mm. were very close on a couple of a couple of points yeah Okay, I suppose it's always it's always the thing with F one in schools that you need to read the scorecard, yeah. read the regulations as well, and um, attention to detail will not go unnoticed. Absolutely, and, so, and um, sometimes, you know, unfortunately, we have to get super super picky. Like mm. sometimes you're like thinking, this is harsh, you know, you're being really picky, especially when we're looking at um, quality of you know printing or portfolio, and like mm. some of the teams have used a different binder on one and a different binder on another. Yeah, and it's like. That's a point because that's the only thing mm. we can separate them on. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and, and so um, with those, like the portfolios, the interview, um, 
where would you say most teams kind of fell down or where were the major point drops? The, the major point uh, drops were when it was really obvious that they had done it all afterwards. Yeah. It, it becomes really obvious when you talk to them that they've, mm. they've actually created the project plan after they've um, after they finished the project. Or you talk to them about how they, how they started their risk management plan or how they did their project schedule at the start. You know, where's your baseline? Oh, no, we stuck here. Yeah, and you can just tell. Mm. And I suppose some people may be looking at the project management as um, a burden. Um, right, r- Wrongly so, yeah. I think, from what I've seen. Um, but when you look at it and you think about it, it's it's a tool. I think it's 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 more of a tool than than any other area of the competition. It is something that if you do it right, it will make your project more successful. Yeah, you know, and not just in a point. It has a flow on effect to everything else mm. in in the the project. Whereas you don't have the same thing from maybe the car or the pit display. You know, if you do your pit display well, doesn't have much impact on the the car. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, project. If you don't get the project manager right, you, you know, we've seen portfolios turn up at nationals, which you know got pages missing. Oh wow! Because they, they, they've not met the deadline. Yeah. Um, the other big one is monitoring and controlling. So this mm-hmm. is a bit like the old evaluation in the previous um, enterprise portfolios. Mm. It's really making sure that how you're continuously monitoring, evaluating, and controlling your project. And how are you mm. doing that? And we really want to see evidence of that. Mm. Oh, yeah, the criteria says, you know, um, status reports, task signed off, scope creep identified. And we want to see how you've done that, how you've gone about documenting and controlling your project. Yeah. And and what, what tools you've had in place to do that. Mm. And, you know, that's worth 10 marks. So saying we had a weekly meeting and we covered up on Teams isn't going to get you many marks. Yeah. Whereas if you if you can point to say, look, we had a weekly meeting. These are our tasks that we had. A, you know, this each week we had um, what we what we were going to achieve, what we have achieved, and what we're stuck on. This is how it was documented. This is how we caught up on it. This is how we monitored it. That's going to help get you a lot more marks. Is it fair to say, David, that you know putting a lot of evidence in your portfolio is the best way to get marks? Absolutely. I mean, we can only go off you know what we can see and what we hear. And again, we, we've had teams who've done amazing amounts of work. And we spoke to them afterwards. It's like, why didn't you put that in your portfolio? And again, they put all the theory in it, not the actual application. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, if it's not in a portfolio, we can't mark it. And it's really sad sometimes because you think, if you'd have put that in there, you'd have won. Mm. Yeah. And we give and them so, that feedback afterwards and yeah, they're like, oh. Yeah. And so... Make make sure that if you've got something really good, it goes in the portfolio. Evidence. Yeah, evidence. Um, it's all about evidence. We can only I say we we got a mark, and when we're comparing those portfolios, it's like it's what's in front of us. So we're all sitting there debating, you know, which, which team's getting a higher mark for which criteria, and then we're looking at their mm. portfolio, and it's 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 a very rational conversation. Yeah. And and if the judge says, "Well, I spoke to them about this," it's like, "Well, as, is it actually in the portfolio? Can we actually mark them against that or not?" And that evidence that you've got in your portfolio, what you write in your portfolio, um, needs to be corroborated with what you're saying in the interview as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we use the interviews to check things because sometimes we, we, we'll see things in the portfolio or there'll be something we'll go, well, did they actually do this? And we'll do a bit of digging. And sometimes, I mean, generally, scores will generally only go up for interviews. Mm. 
So, you know, don't be nervous in the interview. We've had a few teams who have been a bit scared and so there's a few mm. sometimes cultural differences, which we really do try to take account of because sometimes English isn't people's first language. So yeah. we really do try very hard to account for any cultural language differences. Um, but yeah, if we're interviewing you, um, your points aren't going to go down, they're going to go up. You know, you Absolutely. can't screw up the interview basically and, and lose points. Yeah. Mm. So and don't so be nervous. Are- we're not We're not that horrible. <laughs> in spite of what there some are, people say yeah uh, I don't think anyone's saying that about you David <laughs> <laughs> there's elements um, mentioned in the scorecard uh, I mean we've picked one out here the project charter yeah um, where do you think you can get best examples of, of those elements so yeah the project charter is something that and again the scope as well as another one that people always get wrong and I've seen some really great examples of, of, of scope at sort of nationals level where they've really nailed exactly what it is they're trying to do and you know they've basically gone through these are all the key elements that we're trying to do we are mm. trying to you know we're going to have to build a car write a portfolio do all these things and this is how we're going to measure and this is how we're going to achieve it mm. and how we're going to measure and we're going to make sure we achieve that so in, in the scope it's very very clear so in the, in the guide it talks a bit about scope yeah um but it's something that you really need to work on to make sure you've you've got that um Covered often very clearly defined, and again, as I say, this this document, the um, guide is is helpful, mm. but you're going to need to go above and beyond that because every single other competitor has the same piece of paper. Yeah, and w- when it comes to, I suppose, a project charter, that's the start. What what kind of detail level are you looking at? Uh, a long document or I'm looking at a succinct document uh, I don't want yeah. lots and lots of pages I want it really punchy and it's very and that's yeah. the hardest thing to write make mm. it really punchy and really clear you know what describe your project what is the goal of your project well, what are you trying to do well I've had teams say our ambition is to come in the top 50 at Worlds it's like really mm. um, you know you, you, you're hoping to win and this is how we're going to win yeah, I mean, a great example is, is Evolve GB. Their their plan was to, they didn't actually have the fastest car. Um, mm. This is in 2018, I think it was. They didn't have the fastest car. Um, had a very good car, it wasn't fast, but they, and yeah. they aimed to be a really good standard at absolutely everything. Yeah. And there was a lot of other teams that were kind of a bit all over the place. So some teams had a really great car or a really great pit display yeah. or really good portfolio, but we're all let down in other areas. Yeah. The reason Evolve GB won is because they weren't, I don't, I'm not sure if they came top, they didn't have the best pit display. Mm. Uh, they certainly didn't have the fastest car. I don't think they had the mm. best engineered car. Yeah. Um, but they were really good at everything. Yeah. They were in like the top two or three or top five for absolutely everything. Yeah. And that's why they won. And that's, that's what often happens. Like people will spend all their effort building a fence up, building the fastest car. And they'll, they'll be let down in other areas. Yeah. Or they'll have the best pit display, or they'll have the best portfolio, but they haven't focused on it. And that's where your project child is coming in, is making sure you know, you're really clear that's what you want to do. Yeah. That's how you're going to win. that's where it's useful as a tool, project yeah. management, not just uh, something that you're producing for a client, like a car, that you want to be as, as good as it can be. If your project management is good and you document it well and you show that, your, your project's going to better because of it yeah yeah and your scope as well really making sure your scope includes all those items mm. and how and so, and how you're going to achieve it and you know yeah yeah 
And so looking at effective project management, how can project managers make use of uh, what may be the, the less busy times, um, usually the, the, the middle of the preparation? So get ahead on things they can do. Mm. So things that like um, so things like the design and layout of the portfolio. Yeah, um, I've seen teams literally four hours before the pl- flight is due to leave to go to the world's reprinting pages. Yeah, um, you, you should have all your templates, all that sort of thing, all pre-designed in those down, down times. All the things that you you know aren't on a aren't on a critical path that you can get on with. You know, mm. t-shirt design, uniform designs, all those sorts of things. Think about all those details. And I think I said this one with the other things like uniforms. You know, it's so hard to compete on uniforms. We, we have to be mm. so picky on uniforms yeah, because um, everyone's really good. Yeah, Everyone's got like amazing, you know, things. And he, we just have to be so picky, like they haven't got matching shoes. There's a point gone. Yeah. You know, it's... um. Yeah, it, it it's really focusing on those details as well because that's that's what wins worlds. Because I think teams get into the trap of you know competing at nationals and they think, oh yeah, we did really well oh, with this standard. That, that is a world, great it's point. A completely higher standards. That is a great point. It, there's a number of teams who've just absolutely massacred everyone at worlds and uh, at nationals. They they so far ahead of everyone. I think we're the best. We're going to nail this, and they get to worlds and it's like, oh my goodness. You know, they they may have scored, you know. 19 out of 20 in, in a lot of their criteria, you know, be one or two points off and then they get to Worlds and it's a whole different ball game. Because yeah. I say we're measuring not just on that criteria, but we're comparing them to other teams. Mm. Absolutely. And especially when you consider the level of competition in, in different countries. Um, you know, Australia, the UK have been known for a number of years as really competitive nationals. You know, if you yeah. do well at nationals and you work hard, you'll, you'll almost certainly do well at Worlds. Yeah. And while I'd love it to be the case in every country, there are countries that it's just, they're just not that mature, the competitions they've started in the last few years, and it's just not getting there, you know? But we had some really strong showings from some, from some new teams. Absolutely. New countries. Yeah. The, the French team last Worlds, really strong showing. Mm. Yeah, some of the Indian teams have been amazing as well. With us, I'm mm. absolutely blown us away. We we're like, wow, these guys are absolutely. really coming on strong. They're, they've been yeah. fantastic. Um, and some of the German, I think German teams are a bit of a disadvantage because I, I think under the German team rules, they're only allowed to compete at one World Championships. Um, I'm not sure that would be. I, uh, that's, I'm not sure if yeah. that's correct, but yeah, certainly some of the German teams are absolutely fantastic as well. They are really, really strong. I do know from talking with members of. Um, Sonic Boom and, and with Marcus on our production team that the German regs seem to favour enterprise, yeah. I think, a lot more than engineering. Yeah. Um, and so that balance is is very different at a German national level than it is a world's, and that's something that they really need to adjust for. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, um, the, the German teams, are, some of them are really, really impressed with them. So um, yeah, and some of the other international teams have been fantastic as well. Yeah. And so I think a final question that we've got here is um, it's only 90 points for project management. Um, why is it worth, we say so little here, yeah. um, but I suppose, why is it worth 90 points? Look, I think the, the problem is that there's so many elements to it, you've, you can only give it so much. Mm. Yeah. 
And and I think it, it's actually not worth 90 points because if you do project management well, it means the rest of your project will do really well. Yeah. If you mm. do it badly, you not only lose points in this, but the rest of your project is unlikely to do well anyway, as a result exactly. of you not having problem, problem project management. It's actually almost worth all the points. Yeah. Just reflected. Well, yeah, possibly. Yeah, that's a good way of looking yeah. at it. I mean, certainly the engineering, you know, <laughs> is... Um, you need to have a good project manager to get your engineering right. Mm. I mean, we're out of yeah. questions. Yeah. But, David, um, <clears throat> did did you have anything else you wanted to add? I'm just going to have a quick look at my notes, see if I had anything else. I think I covered everything off. Um, mm. Yeah, I'd say the main thing is read this, understand it, and make sure you apply it. And think about how you're going to be covering every single item that you're doing with your scope think about all the deliverables that you've got to do document them how you're going to deliver them and show the judges you actually understand how to apply project management you don't just understand mm. project management but but how to apply it to f1 in schools and i look forward to seeing you all at the next world thank you very much david for, thank you very for much joining for us it's been a pleasure thank as you. always and uh, thank you matt for, for joining us as well. Yeah, no worries. I'm going to thank you, Peter, even though you're here as part of Off the Track anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and um, thank you to the, the listeners for, for tuning in. I um, hope this helps. Thank you for listening to Off the Track. If you enjoyed this episode, rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. It really does help. And share the podcast with someone else who may find it useful. Stay up to date with us by following us on Instagram at Off The Track Podcast and visit offthetrack.net for the latest news.